Andrew Giuliani wants to be the next governor of New York. Andrew Giuliani. I shouldn't fumble your last name because that's key here, Andrew. It's not that Andrew. On the Red Apple Podcast Network, here's Andrew Giuliani. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the newest podcast here on Red Apple Media. Not that Andrew. That's right. Not that Andrew with Andrew Giuliani. This title of Not That Andrew came up with a lot of discussion from some WABC future Hall of Famers, including Sid Rosenberg, who I'm on with twice a week on Sid and Friends, the number one talk show in New York, and Curtis Lewa, who at times are friends, who at times are foes. Even my father had something to say about this. And you know, on the campaign trail, as I was running for governor over the last couple of years, I had many times, even in Republican circles, where people had slipped and said, and now introducing Andrew Cuomo. So we decided that not that Andrew would be a good name for the podcast. I don't know. Write us back. Let us know what you think. If you think it's a good name, We're probably not going to change it anyway if you don't think it's a good name, but it certainly creates a little bit of conversation. Plus, Sliwa was ragging me that I needed to change my name. So I said, no, no. I'm not going to change my name. I'm going to just make sure that you guys know that it's not that Andrew. I'm the good Andrew over here. Maybe we'll have Sliwa on in the next couple of weeks to talk a little bit about the state of New York and particularly what's going on with the rats as the guy has, I think, been fired from being the rat czar, an unpaid position. But I certainly digress in the beginning here because today I want to talk a little bit about Kathy Hochul's $227 billion budget for the state of New York. That's right, $227 billion. One thing that I've always liked to point out over the last couple of years, because this wasn't really the case back 10, 15 years ago, but New York's budget is more than double the size of Florida, and that holds true for the fiscal year 2024 budget. So again, The 2023 budgets are proposed for 2024. So the budget that was proposed for last year is enacted in this year, in 2023. Last year's budget in New York State was $221 billion, I think $221.6 billion. What's uh, half a billion dollars between friends or foes? This year in New York, we're talking about $227 billion. For comparative sake, Florida's state budget is $112 billion. That's more than double New York's. And just to give you some perspective, New York's population is currently at 19.8 million people, New York State's population, that is. And the state of Florida is at 21.8 million people. So Florida has 2 million more people, yet you have less than half the budget of the state of New York. Now, why do I always compare New York to Florida. Well, certainly there's this very strong connection with New York and Florida. Every time that I've gone down to Florida, you see as many New York plates, license plates, as it seems like you see Florida plates. So I think there's a lot there you can relate and a lot of people know each other. And obviously we see the job that the state government is doing down there and they see the job that our state government is doing here. But I think it's a great example of a state that is one of the highest tax and spend states, New York versus a state that is extremely efficient, that doesn't even have a state income tax. That's Florida. And we can look at the population transfer over the last 15 years, let's say since 2006, that's the last time we had a Republican in office. So the last 16, 17 years here in New York. And New York has grown by 700,000 people. 
net 700,000 people because you've had millions and millions and millions of people that have left New York. Whereas Florida has grown by over three and a half million people. So for comparative sakes, New York was one of the slowest growing states in the country. As a matter of fact, over the last couple of years, we have been losing population from New York. And guess who's been gaining? Florida's been gaining. We've seen more and more people that have gone down there because they are more efficient with their budget, because of quality of life, as we talk about. But that's crime. That's a whole other episode. We'll get to that at another point. But the other places that you see people leaving, California. California also, record high budget. We compete with California. I say time and time again, it's a really bad competition to have New York and Florida in terms of who's going to spend the most. I say New York and California in terms of who's going to spend the most. I'd much rather the competition of California, Texas, Tennessee, South Carolina, who's going to be more efficient with those taxpayer dollars. So New York since 2019, so really in the last four years, the budget in the last five years has grown $57 billion. That's up 33% in the state of New York. Again, some of these budget conversations can get a little bit boring. I can get a little wonky on this. So even for myself, I want to keep this as top line as possible and kind of make the points. I've always been a big believer that politicians, whether you're on the right, whether you're on the left, we all have narratives. But the numbers, the data that helps you cut through that narrative. So that's why this stuff is so important, even if it is a little bit boring. So I might repeat a few things. I might try to get back to it, but it's for comparative sake to be able to show Florida's budget, $212 billion, New York, $227 billion. Again, New York double the size of Florida. More people are moving to Florida. More people are leaving New York. Why is that? Crime's a big issue, but also because they're more efficient. You know, ultimately, that the money that you spend in Florida is going to be used more efficiently, and you're not going to get the government waste that you get here in New York. One thing that I like to highlight in New York that I think is very important is when you look at taxes coming in, everything that's come in from taxes plus the federal money, which we know we got a lot of federal money here in New York over COVID. And certainly the first year of Biden, there was a big federal stimulus that was pumped into New York in light of the pandemic. But if you look actually what's been incoming over the last three years, in 2022, the actual amount that came into New York was $244 billion. Now, 2023, what's projected is $225 billion. That's $19 billion less dollars that's projected to be coming into New York between the 2022 budget and the 2023 budget, which, again, 2023 budget, even though it was proposed last year, is happening right now as we are, as we speak. But the big problem with that is taxes are still going up. So even though spending has gone down almost 10%, I say even though the incoming has gone down 10%, taxes have still gone up and spending, I should say, has still gone up. So what we're taking in, gone down in New York by almost 10%. Where we're actually going in 2022, our budget was $209 billion. In 2023, the budget $221 billion. In 2024, the proposed budget is $227 billion, slightly over $227 billion. So even though in 2022 we brought in $244 billion, 2023 that number's $225 billion, 2024 that number $224 billion. And I think that number is a little bit optimistic, to be honest. So spending has gone up 
in New York State by $18.5 billion, whereas the incoming has actually gone down $20 billion. You can see how that's going to be a real problem here very, very soon. And unfortunately, in Albany over the next couple of years, it doesn't seem like we have an adult in the room who's really pitching for being financially responsible. If Hochul is going to be the person who's going to do that with the most power, then I think we have a real problem. Obviously, I've been reading some of what the New York State Senate Republicans and New York Republican Assembly delegation have been putting out there. I think it's important. I think they put out some good stuff, but we know that they're in the minority and actually the super minority. So while they can go out there and bang the pot and certainly shed as much light on this to the public as possible, they need to use whatever leverage they have, which is not much, to try to get whatever changes they possibly could on this. So a couple things that the Senate Republicans talk about that would certainly help New York. The first thing is reversing the disastrous criminal justice policies. Now, again, this crosses into crime, but we know that crime and the economy are intertwined. If you think about New York City's success in the 90s, how New York went from being the most dangerous city, the rotting apple, as we saw in that famous 1990 Time magazine cover, to the safest large city in America. I think for something like 10, 12, 15 years, New York was always voted one of the three safest cities in the country from the late 90s all the way through the early 2010s. But the big change there, the first change, was making sure you got crime under control, that the murder rate went down, that violent crime went down significantly. So don't underestimate how much crime has played into that incoming in terms of the taxes and the money spent. Remember, it's not just the big taxpayers like the Goldman Sachs's, like the Carl Icons, who have moved out of New York to Florida. And you've seen they've moved more and more divisions out of New York into no-tax states. But it's also tourists, right? I look at it this way. If you are leaving, let's say, Grand Central Station, or you're leaving, if you're leaving Penn Station, and you're going down, taking a train, let's say, down to the suburbs of Philly on a business trip, And the first, the last thing that you see leaving Penn Station is somebody who's urinating. Are you less or are you more likely to bring your family in? Crime, quality of life crimes even, have a big role in how tourists spend their dollars here in New York City and whether or not families will look and say, you know what, yeah, I want to bring my family to New York City now. Or if they say, you know what, New York City seems a little bit out of control, let me wait a little bit because I want to make sure that my family is safe. So certainly reversing cashless bail, giving our prosecutors, our DAs, more time for discovery, those DAs that actually want to do the job, that'll be something else we'll talk about in a future episode, is massive. And rejecting the criminal first proposals, such as the Clean Slate Act, which, as we know, is for felons who basically, if you are an employer, you don't actually have to get their information on a former felon. Their information does not have to be released to prospective employer, to somebody who's looking to actually have them as a tenant in their building. So to me, that's something that I think the Senate Republicans are dead on here. Again, the third point that they make is making public safety a priority. So again, you could see Consistently, this is about public safety in terms of making sure we can have a fiscal budget here and a surplus in New York, which unfortunately we're going the wrong direction 
in there. You could see addressing a drug crime. So again, all of this New York State Police Park officers, all this is talking about law enforcement and the important part of the budget and all this. And I know that they end up talking about some of the fiscal stuff, but let me move on to some more of the numbers. I know sometimes, again, get a little bit boring in these numbers, but I think it tells the tale of the tape. I mentioned before about Hochul maybe being the adult in the room, which is scary if anybody's seen just how far left she's gone, really from her time as a congresswoman representing uh, Western New York to where she's been as governor. She has not pushed back on this radical legislator, but there's one thing that she has suggested in her budget, which I find to be really interesting. And I think it's going to be a tale of the tape, if you will, for whether or not she is going to be the big dog in Albany, if you will, or it's going to be the legislature who's going to continue to push her around. And it has to do with charter schools. Now, charter schools and school choice, I think, is probably the best thing that American education has come up with in the last 30 to 50 years. It has pushed accountability in some of the most blue cities all across the country, and it has been a success even though the teachers' union has fought against it time and time and time and time again. Now, for those that know in New York State, New York State has a cap of 460 charter schools statewide. In New York City, that cap is at 270 charter schools. In New York City, we have fulfilled that cap of 270. We're at 200, I believe it's 59 with 11 zombie schools. What does that mean? The 11 zombie charter schools are charter schools that have failed, that have lost their funding. If you think about that, that's a 96, almost 97% success rate for charter schools. Truly incredible when you look at how much our public schools have failed in New York over the last 20 years. But- Because of this cap in New York City, we have not been able to add to those charter schools in what I believe is 10, 12, 15 years. What Hochul has proposed in this budget is taking the regional caps around the state and lifting the regional caps and just allowing the state to hit the 460 charter schools. So the state has now, I think, about 370 charter schools, 270 of which are in New York including those zombie schools. So now New York City has the potential to actually get up to maybe 360 charter schools. We can add another about 85 charter schools. Just so you know, about 15% of the public school children in New York actually are charter schools. And there is a long wait list. You've heard Eva Moskowitz talk about this, who is uh, run Success Academy, former councilwoman, and somebody who's a Democrat, as a matter of fact, but I think has absolutely nailed the importance of this. Hochul in the budget has given $34 billion to school aid. So she has given to the teachers union a carrot to say, hey, look, I'm increasing your budget by almost 10 percent. Last year it was $31 billion for the teachers union. Now it's $34 billion for the teachers union. So that's a major increase considering over the last couple of years, we haven't had teachers really in school up until the last few months. So she's certainly uh, given that carrot out there, but still some of the most progressive 
assembly members and state senators, along with the teachers union, will have pushed back against this and do not want that charter school cap to be lifted. Now, why don't they want that charter school cap to be lifted? Because it creates more accountability. As I've talked about time and time again, and we'll get deeper into a charter school and particularly a school choice. I want to have a few good guests on the podcast about this. But what charter schools do, and as somebody who is a father of a young daughter right now, only 14 months, but we, my wife and I, talk about her education all the time. What charter schools do is they give an option, an opportunity for children that maybe don't have the means or parents don't have the means to send them to parochial, to private school, to yeshiva school. And this is something that, again, I've said this, it shouldn't matter how much your parents make, we should all have the best choices, the best options for our students. That's why beyond this, and this is not something that Hochul is proposing at all, but you see this in Florida, you see this in some other states, I think tax vouchers are so important because what does that do? You think about all the money that we spend in state taxes, in local taxes, that money, that $34 billion this year, goes directly to school aid really for the teachers union in many ways to decide what they want to do with that money. What I'd much rather see is a portion of your taxes as a parent can actually go to you as a credit that's specifically to dictate where you want your child to go. So if your public school is failing you, and there is a better option for a private school, for a parochial school, for a yeshiva school, for even homeschooling, As we know, during the pandemic, pods became very popular. We've seen more and more parents decide to homeschool. Those parents can now take those funds and apply them toward the tuition at a parochial school, apply them toward a yeshiva tuition, apply them toward the homeschooling as it's very, very costly. And obviously parents then have trouble bringing in another income because you're spending all that time doing that. So to me, tax vouchers is something that I proposed, that I know some of my Republican colleagues proposed. I'm not expecting that to be in a budget here in New York anytime soon, but I think it's certainly something that New Yorkers need to look at more. What are more options? What are more choices? As DeSantis passed down in Florida, parental rights in education. That was what the media dubbed as the don't say gay bill, even though don't say gay is not in that at all. What the really the core of that bill talks about and not just suggests, but really passed was They want our parents to be the ones that are making the decisions for their kids in their education. And you follow the money in all this stuff. As we all know, in politics, you follow the money. It cuts beyond the narrative. And we can see that, again, with charter schools, this is something that will allow our kids and the parents of kids that might not be able to afford parochials or publics the opportunity to have that choice. But Getting back to what I was saying a little before, the importance of this charter school fight in Albany, I think, is going to have a lot to do with the success of Hochul as a governor. Now, you guys know how I feel about Kathy Hochul, about really, I think, how she's been an impotent governor in so many ways. And certainly as she was running for her first full term as governor, I think, continued to pander to the radical left. You can just look at the fact that even after she was elected, but before the budget process, before any discussion about LaSalle was headed to the Senate floor, she 
immediately gave legislatures at the end of last year, called the special session and gave a 29 percent increase to our legislatures in New York. It was absolutely crazy. It was poor strategy. It was undeserved, frankly. And that's a carrot that you hold out there until you get some of the things that you want as governor, until you get these charter schools cap lifted. Now, if you're holding that 29% raise, which amounted to, I think in some cases, as much as $42,000 for some in the legislature. By the way, it is a part-time job, technically. They come in for special sessions, but really the only scheduled sessions for the New York State Legislature is from January to June. And then they are dismissed from July, from the end of June, all the way through December. The governor will occasionally call a special session, as she did for the raise, but they're not coming in like Congress throughout the year, even though Congress, I think, has too many days off as well, but that's certainly a whole nother discussion. But again, the core of this fight for charter schools in New York State, I think, is going to dictate the rest of Hochul's governorship. And I think is something that she needs to stand very strong on. She needs to push back against the teachers union who's going to continue to back the radicals in the legislature. I want to, as we get closer to the budget negotiations here in April, have on maybe another guest who will break this down in terms of where this process will be. But very top line numbers just to go over one more time. New York State budget proposal, $227 billion this year. Compare that to Florida at $112 billion. That's more than double Florida's here in New York uh, with two million less people. So you could again see who's being more efficient with those numbers. Our budget in New York since 2019, so in the last five years, has gone up $57 billion. So up 33% in the last five years. And even though our spending has gone up $57 billion over the last five years, in the last two years, we've taken in 20 less billion dollars. That's on a road right to Illinois, where we're going to have unfunded liabilities that are uncovered because we're not taking in enough money. So that's as simple as it gets in terms of if we want to spend this much, we need to take in this much. If you're spending this much and you're taking in that much, guess what? That's a deficit and that's a real problem. And more people, once they realize that services are going to get cut, including our NYPD and other officers around the state, more and more people, then it becomes a snowball. More and more people decide to go to states that are being more efficient, that feel like they're actually serving their communities better. And the quality of life is better. And a big part of that quality of life is not just crime, but it's also making sure that we can fulfill the simple budgetary requirements that you need to as a city and as a state. As a matter of fact, I always thought this was something That was really interesting. New York City's budget is $103 billion, so only about $9 billion less than the state of Florida. New York City has, uh, I think, about 8.8 million, so slightly under 9 million people. Florida has 21 million people. So, again, comparative in the size, whereas Florida has double the amount of people, yet Florida's budget is comparative to New York City. Again, when we ask the question why people are leaving New York, the future of New York, two things really need to happen. And I think it's two things that can be solved. It's going to take somebody that's not afraid to make enemies in Albany. And there are a lot of people that are afraid to make enemies in Albany because you don't want to live in a glass house. And I think one of the things that my colleague and a guy that I've looked up to, Curtis Sliwa, talks about a lot 
is why Eric Adams won't call out the Hasties of the world, the Stuart Cousins of the world, and the Alvin Braggs of the world. Alvin Braggs is a little different story. But I wonder if some of the reason for that is because he doesn't necessarily want them to look actually at what he is saying, at what, at some of the potential problems that Eric Adams may have in his past or what he is doing in terms of the finances, his personal finances. So you need somebody that's going to be able to go up there, that's going to be able to take some hits because they're going to come after him. And I certainly hope Hoka can do that. I'm not holding out too much hope, but I do think this charter school fight is going to be a big one. And I look forward to seeing how this budget process plays out. Again, $227 billion, extremely, uh, extremely wasteful here in New York. So again, it is a great honor to be with you here. I am not that Andrew, Andrew Giuliani here. And we broke down a little bit, just a little top line of New York's budget compared to Florida here talked about charter schools, the effectiveness, and all this stuff is kind of a preview of some of the episodes that we're going to have over the coming weeks and the coming months. I want to have Curtis Sliwa here. I want to have some of our city council candidates here. We're also going to have some really interesting guests, maybe some sports stars here that will come in. So we're going to talk about everything from the granulars of city politics and local politics all the way to the world of sports and entertainment here on Not That Andrew. So make sure you come back next week for Not That Andrew. Make sure you tune in to 77 WABC. I'll be on with Sid and Friends twice a week. Look forward to seeing you guys again here next week on Not That Andrew. Thank you. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.